White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Ecknerwald. That is Lawrence spelled backwards, 2-3. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show is at Locked On Sox. Go to Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, Locked On Sox, 312 566 8727 is the way you can reach us on voice message or locked on socks at gmail.com. Without any further ado, <sighs> it's a bad weekend. It's Chris Tannehill. Chris, how you doing? You know how I'm doing, Herb. I wish the Lord would take me now. We're brought to you today by Locked on MLB. Join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully, for God's sakes. Every day on Locked on MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked on MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked on MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I got to ask you, Herb, how was the Redneck Riviera? It was good. You know, we went to visit her father and mother or stepmother down there in Myrtle Beach. Enjoyable times. Went to see the Pelicans. Game was good. Ooh, Not many. a lot of people down there. Look at the Pelican. Yeah. And so it was much better than the parent club. Ooh, that parent club is sweet. This Cubs are terrible. This, Golly. This streak goes to 11. Two yeah. 11 game losing streaks in the same season. I don't even know the, the most ardent Cubs hater. Is even like feeling good about this? Like, oh, this is just—they're just so bad. I feel sorry for them. They're just terrible. Yeah, Frank Schwindel is not enough to keep this thing afloat. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, but you had a nice time then. How was? Did you see? Ed I got Ho- my brain tricks last week from Frank Schwindel. He's a good guy. Good <laughs> yeah. deal too. Yeah, he. Uh, I, I sleep on his pillows every night. Um, did you see Ed Howard play? <laughs> I did. Unfortunately, Ed is having a not a great year. No, but understandable. The guy is, yeah, he's 19 years old, first time away from home. He's hitting under 200. Well, plus they're really eating cat, they're eating cat food down there. The, the the minor league players, like you know, you see the stories about their uh, conditions and their travel scenarios. Like it's a, it's a, it's a miracle anyone has any success the way they treat these minor league players down there. I mean, the whole team for the most part, there's no one really doing well on the Myrtle Beach Pelicans, but he's doing. Not well at all, like 184, 239, and 251 for a slash line. So it's understandable. He's 19. He'll be fine. The Cubs will take a long time with that guy to get him right. But, yeah, it's not good, not good. That ballpark's good. If you ever want to go down to Myrtle Beach and you're just a fan of baseball, check that place out. That was a real short trip for you because you left Friday afternoon, right, and you were back by Sunday afternoon. So Exactly. Yeah, we pretty much went for – Seeing her dad's new pool that he put in the backyard oh, and going yeah. to the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like a fish. I love a pool. 
I yeah. love pools. Yes. Absolutely. All right, so let's get into it. You know, a pretty bad weekend for the White Sox. Hey, uh, you remember the Field of Dreams game? Let's go back and live in that time, shall we? Boy, oh, that, that, that was that was just great. Such a long time ago. Yeah, so the Sox dropped two of three to the Yankees this weekend. Uh, but there is. let's start with some good news, okay? It's not all going to be doom and gloom here. Here is uh, Tony La Russa, Coach Tony, talking about Carlos Rodon's status. The exam was encouraging, you know, no – no damage that uh, just just tired. The soreness was there, but it wasn't anything that doesn't make us optimistic that at the end of 10 days, he'll be ready to pitch. There you go. So as we suspected, it appears no structural damage, no ligament damage uh, for Carlos Rodon. But as you noted, most likely just a, a heavy workload for him for the first time in a long time. And, you know, maybe we'll see him again sooner than later, maybe in that Toronto series. But I'm content to just take Carlos Rodon, put him in bubble wrap, uh, until about a month from now or so, and then ramp them back up again. But that's certainly good news there for the White Sox. Very much so. I mean, I thought initially it was just a thing to get him rest, and it might have some, you know, actual tiredness and actual uh, things where he's, okay, I'm not feeling my 100% self, but more of this is like, hey, you're getting your rest. Here's the IL. We have this at our disposal. No one's ever been caught up on IL uh, manipulation. So here you go. Enjoy yourself on the sh- on the shelf for however long we need you to be on the shelf. They did that. I think the Cubs did that with Jake Arrieta for like a month, and then he came back and he was still crap. So people do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, and he was a jerk on top of it. Um, uh, more good news here. Tune in. Keep listening and find out how you can win mm-hmm. Herb's tickets to tonight's game. The A's are in town. The Sox looking to get back on track here, and you could sit in Herb's seats, section 531. We'll figure out how we're going to give those away, but you got to keep listening to the show here and find out for your chance to win Herb's seats for tonight's game. So uh, that's very exciting stuff there. Also, uh, some news, Leary Garcia got boinked in the head uh, amidst the, the shuffle of everything that was going on during that game in Iowa. During the uh, was at the, the Stanton home run where we, we didn't know that uh, that Leary was even out there. We we just saw a uh, gentleman get boinked in the head by the by the wall out there in in Dyersville. That was Leary, and uh, he's in the concussion protocol. So uh, we'll probably see him again soon. So uh, no need to worry about Leary, but uh, that was uh, unfortunate there uh, in uh, playing in the new ballpark there in Iowa. All right, more unfortunate stuff here. The the, the, the bad weekend here for the White Sox. There's really a lot here uh, to unpack and not a lot of time to do it. Uh, the base, baseball season allows us to move on pretty quickly, but there are some big picture looming issues here. Uh, one of the, 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 the big things I noticed here is to just see who is uh, sitting behind the right-handed uh, <laughs> batter's box there on the TV broadcast, Herbie. Did you see? Did you see? Looks like Mitch Rosen to me. <laughs> Mitch, our boss Mitch was there enjoying the game on my all up in my TV. That, that was enjoyable, seeing Mitch down there getting some sun, rocking the shades, having some time to to enjoy a ball game, but I did feel like a, I was a bit on edge. You know, when your boss is on TV, you know, like and, and looking right, he knows where the camera is. You know, that guy's been programming his entire life, so he's like staring into my basement while I'm watching the White Sox. I don't know if you noticed that today. Herb. Oh yeah, I did. I saw a little bit. We're on the plane, so we can. Uh, see the game on our YouTube TV from anywhere we can go. That's yeah. the one good thing about YouTube TV that you can watch it on vacation too. 
But yeah, he's like sitting a couple of rows back behind George Jacobs, the guy with the M M&M and M jacket. I'm yeah. sure he's like, you know, what's going on? What's going on, George? You know, when you sitting limos, good stuff. Yeah, enjoying wow. the game. Spot on. And then and then I turned the game on when I landed, and it was like the seventh inning. Oh, gone. They go back. He's gone. Mitchie shuffle out of there. Yeah, <laughs> Mitchie. Yeah, he's the king of the Mitchie shuffle. Weddings, funerals. He'll, he'll 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 bow out. He'll do the. It's the Irish goodbye, but he's not Irish. He, uh, but he married married Irish, uh, so he can he can culturally appropriate the Irish goodbye. But yeah, we call it the Mitchie shuffle. But yeah, it was by the sixth inning. I think uh, I wasn't keeping notes uh, because there were so many things to be concerned about on the field. I wasn't uh, necessarily concerned on which uh, when Mitch was going to leave. But Lynn Bramer called it said he was going to leave uh, very early and he did um but once the game started there and i and i got used to my boss looking at me as i'm watching the game uh felt like an evaluation there um let's talk about this weekend here not necessarily about sunday's game but there are things to talk about here but I, I think the big thing that everyone's going to come away from this weekend is is having concerns about what's going on at the back end of this bullpen now i will say the bullpen as a whole did a really nice job this weekend against a red hot Yankees team that they'd, they'd come in winning. Uh, I believe it was you know seven out of ten before Sunday, and you know the the, the guy guys like Garrett Crochet, Aaron Bummer did a really nice job this weekend keeping this offense at bay. The Yankees offense really prolific, and you know one thing you can't do. We talked about it during that Field of Dreams game. You you can't have these guys. You, you can't let the big boppers beat you, and and they did just. All weekend long, Aaron Judge at back-to-back four <laughs> RBI games. That stat today, like in terms of he's up there with the Yankee greats, Babe Ruth and Luke Gehrig, uh, in terms of guys who have done that against the White Sox, Mickey Mantle, and Aaron Judge is doing that against the White Sox. But Judge uh, breaking the game, uh, breaking the tie in the eighth inning on Saturday night against Kimbrel, and then you know he he goes ahead and unbreaks the tie again with an RBI single in the tenth off Hendricks. And you know he had a monster weekend, and the, the 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 issues here with the back end of this bullpen, I don't even know where to begin. I guess you know a lot of people were freaking out on Saturday. I know you were probably having a good time, but I did sit there and survey what everyone was saying on social media, and just trying to get the, the temperature of the fan, checking out the post game show with Connor, just to see how freaked out people are. And people are pretty freaked out, and I would say rightfully so, because Liam Hendricks has not been good of late. And we, we look at the Sox team, especially against top competition, and we know they've struggled a bit. Uh, after today's game, they're 16-22 and 22 against teams that are above 500. So that's not good. So I, I ask you, Herb, in terms of the back end of this bullpen, Kimbrell, Hendricks, what's the next step here? How, how worried are you about this thing in the big picture? We're, we're in August here, August 16th today as you listen. How worried are you about the, the last two guys in this bullpen? Not too worried. These guys are professionals. They understand that as relievers and closers themselves, short memories are vital. And sometimes you go through times of struggling. And Liam, for the most part, has been good. But his one bugaboo is giving up home runs. He's been giving up, I think, 12 or 13 this year as a reliever. That's not great. And with Craig, I'm not too worried about him. He's only given up, what, five Aaron runs this year? Yeah, it was a rocket home run, and <laughs> I <laughs> joked on the Twitter machine that they jo- they borrowed the White Sox uh, scouting reports uh, from Jason Kubel's days from the Minnesota Twins 
that transferred over to Aaron Judge. Like, oh, fastballs? No, we don't even have that on the scouting report. We're just going to keep on doing that. Yeah. His home run late in the game, fastball. The single in the 10th, fastball inside. I'm just like, what are we doing? Pitch around him. And on Sunday, three walks. They got the, they got the idea, but then didn't get other people out like uh, Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo hit a really <laughs> far home run that day. Um, or the other day, so on, on Saturday, uh, Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm not worried about those two. They're struggling right now, but I think they'll be fine in the long run. Just switch their roles, and I hope they find a way to switch their roles. So you see what Tapera started off his White Sox career as. Tempura. Now you see Tempura a little bit better. He's pitched in nine outings. I think seven of them have been Sterling. So we're gonna be going through a couple struggles every once in a while and the Yankees are a tough team and losing five out of six of them this year it's tough it hurts they're all tight tight games in the the last uh, couple days but I think those guys at the back end of the bullpen will be fine it's cool to it's cool to freak out but know that they have a track record of success and we're gonna be fine you know, they have been Sterling. The Yankees. Um, so, Tony LaRusa, I'll tell you how I feel about this in a second, but here's Tony LaRusa from yesterday's pregame talking about Liam Hendricks' struggles of late. I think um, I think the corn game, he uh, probably got amped up. The corn game. Um, we're going to continue to refer to it as the corn game. Um, I uh, I love that, uh, but there's more here. I just had to stop there. The corn game. Uh, more, more about the corn game, Tony. You know, pitch beyond himself. You heard me say it before because I just don't want to come off that way. I just think it's a legitimate point to make, you know. And the point is when you make a point, you, you guys, ladies, can say, or fans can say, he's just making an excuse. He came into a tie game, not a safe situation. The answer right back, well, he wasn't a safe situation in Iowa. But, you know, it's it's just a different mentality. You know, I talked to him, and, and uh, I'm glad you asked the question. So we've given – I've given him, because I'm the guy that pulls the trigger. I've given him uh, three different really severe challenges up to this point, right? The one has come up a lot, which is a normal one. you got a one-run lead. You're going to get three outs in the ninth inning. And quite often you're facing three, four, five, four, five, six. And he's gotten three outs. I mean, he just – boom, boom, we win. The other one is – He's been asked to pitch and, and nail down a game where there's not a sale on the line. And we've all seen that that the, that you take that one factor out of a, a lot of closers and they'll come out there and they just, you know, they just don't amp it up. And pretty soon there's a couple of guys on base and, and they don't have a good outing. And every time, I think it's been at least two or three times that I've called down and said, look, we can't mess around because if you try to finesse somebody with the three thing, three hitter, you know, it, you the inning can get away, so you know you need to come out there, and he's come out there just boom, boom. And last but not least, I'd say for last two six out saves that he's you know you don't get the first three quickly, you may not have it for the ninth, right? That's the same guy that that you know the last two times has given up. He's the same guy. So I I think the first day he was just flying high, trying to go crazy, and and uh, yesterday you know he got he got ahead of Judge and then missed with a slider, which happens, and then. He actually made a pretty good pitch, and the guy so strong, he lined it, got the ball in on him. So, long story short, and that is long-winded, sorry. He's fine. I hope he gets a chance to save it today. He's ready. 
And he, he I, I don't know what any of that was. Uh, he did not get a chance to save the game yesterday. Didn't pitch, got a day off. You know, I know these guys like to go back out there, and there's several opportunities here with a, with a, with a full week here. But, you know, he'll get back out there, Liam Hendricks, and, you know, against his former team here, if he's in a situation here to, to get a save, I think that'll be an interesting scenario there. I think maybe this will be the thing that gets him going again and gets the right juices flowing. Um, I think that is valid what Tony said about not being in the save situation on Saturday night. Coming in with that runner on second base, you know, that's that's a weird situation. And yes, he did give up the bomb right after, but, you know, he, he went in on Judge, as Tony said there, and, you know, he just, I think he cracked a Judge's bat on that, that ultimate uh well, it wasn't the game-winning run there because of Jose Abreu. You uh, wouldn't know I was the inning before. But, yeah, the, the game-winning run, uh, you know, that was a good pitch inside. Just didn't get it in quite enough. Um, mm-hmm. And you kept him in the ballpark, I think. You know, I would have put up the four fingers there personally, like you said. 100%. But, yeah. Um, that didn't make sense, Taney. Like, they had already did the wild pitch. The runners at third base. Why pitch to him? Yeah. I, I would take my chances. Who was next? Who was, like, uh, Gallo? Yeah, he hit a really long home run. I would take my chances and everybody would say, hey, that's how if that's how it works out, it's how it works out. But you don't let Michael Jordan beat you. You throw you let them throw to Scotty or you let them throw it to Horace, somebody else. But the guy that's been constantly beating you, you don't let him. Oh, let's see him prove it again. And he keeps on proving it. Stop it. Yeah, we're we're, we're on record here. We believe that once it really counts. And you, you you have the second place Tigers in your rear view. Um, oh, <laughs> well, actually, no, I think not, technically not anymore because uh, our guy Tristan McKenzie nearly went perfecto in Detroit today. You know, I, I think once it matters, you will have Kimbrel in the ninth, and then you will have Liam Hendricks going one, maybe two innings uh, in in seventh and eighth. I think that's what they'll do. But I think the time is now to make the change, and more is lost by indecision than wrong decision and I think they've got to get this thing figured out here and get everyone comfortable so they can get on a bit of a roll and so they can have that in the back of their mind like yeah I'm comfortable with this we've tried it a few times I I know when to get ready to pitch the the seventh and eighth I you know I have my little routine Liam says that once the hoodie goes off then it's it's go time so he's not a guy that's like has a a specific routine he kind of just hangs out down there and once that hoodie comes off he knows that it's time to, to to go and obviously, Kimbrell knows, like, you know, he knows how to pre- prepare for the ninth as well as anyone. So I, I think that, you know, my gut said, oh, this thing will it'll kind of just go back and forth. And I didn't think it was going to be this bad this this early here with those two guys. But I thought they would alternate in, in an ideal scenario. But they haven't had many clean leads here since Kimbrell's been here. They're, they're below 500 since the All-Star break. So I thought it was going to be Kimbrell closed one night, then Hendricks closed the next. But of course, baseball will never give it to you that easily where you can structure things that way. So I think, you know, let Hendricks go out there, get his mind back right, hopefully against his old team. But then after that, you say, you know what? We're just going to do this thing the, the, the simple way. It's right there in front of you, the best way to handle this. Just do Kimbrell for the ninth already. You know, like he's he's been sharp since that Cubs outing, but not quite as sharp as you'd like him to be not as sharp as we have seen him all year on the north side so yeah man i i just think that's the way it's going to play out and now i think there's some urgency to it where you want to get this thing going so you have the the peace of mind from everyone on your ball club like oh we we know how this thing's going to shake out you know like so this way no one's looking at each other like well what's going on here this guy yeah, over here one is one thing go ahead. sorry tanny um the one thing i think that if you look at kirk kimball's career he's been a closer most of the time 
the only time he's really struggled, I mean, the end of his Boston career, and that might have been fatigue, where they closed out the World Series with Chris Sale. But his Cub year, he signed late with them, came on, and he was terrible, horrible. Then they worked with him for a whole year in the the, the uh, pandemic-shortened season. David Ross worked with him to get him back. And then he came back for 2021. He was lights out. I think the difference of Craig Kimbrell from Cubs to the White Sox is different roles. He's he's changing. He might be saying the right stuff and saying, hey, I'll pitch wherever. But these guys are creatures of habit. So I would have him in the spot that he's most comfortable in, which is the closer role. Maybe it's a mentality thing, and maybe he has to be in the ninth inning getting outs 25, 26, and 27 for him to be that guy that showed up on Clark at Edison. And maybe Liam has that other thing where he can pitch anywhere, but I would rather have premium Craig Kimbrell than premium Liam Hendricks because I know that Craig Kimbrell at his best is a Hall of Fame pitcher. I th- I Liam think, Hendricks is an all-star pitcher, which yeah. is good, but not great. I, I think Liam's going to have to be a good teammate here, and if he continues to struggle here after this Oakland series, he's going to say he's going to have to pull to Zach Britton and you know say, you know what, I'm not putting my team in the best spot right now. Like you know, give this man the ninth, and then I'll, I'll build myself back up in the seventh and eighth. And there's nothing wrong with that because I'm not saying that Liam Hendricks should never close a game again. Exactly. Because because you may get in a spot in October where you play, let's say the Rays, and I'm just using this as an example. I don't know the splits, but let's say, you know, Nelson Cruz has better splits against Kimbrel than Hendricks. So you play for that matchup, and, and Hendricks gets to close the game out for you. You know, you're not saying no, you're not closing ever again, but just in the interim, maybe you can get things to level out a little bit and get things back on track here because something's got to change. It just everything seems off. And I don't know why, you know, Liam Hedrick certainly has been giving up the home runs all year, but he's been fairly reliable the, the entire season up until the last couple of weeks here. And I don't know if it's just blowing that game on the national stage just in, in the worst possible way. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that affected him mentally. Um, and But, you know, I don't want to judge it because they didn't have that lead Saturday night. You know, he came in with that stupid-ass runner on second base. And, you know, and Brett Gardner's not stupid. He's a smart player. I just mean the, 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 the hypothetical, you know, stupid-ass runner out there on second. So that's a different situation altogether, as Tony was talking about. So let's see how he does. The next time he gets an opportunity with the lead, I think he'll do just fine. And we'll, you know, we'll put this conversation to rest until this happens again or, you know, <laughs> Kimbrell struggles again. And we're like, why is Kimbrell pitching the damn eighth again? So this thing has to get resolved quickly here just to get everyone's mind right. And so people know what what's going to happen because I'm wondering if these guys all think, well, in the playoffs, I wonder if it'll be different. Like, I wonder if I'm not going to be out here for the ninth in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if Kimbrell's like, oh, this doesn't matter because once the postseason gets going, I'm going to get that ninth because I deserve that ninth. So who knows what's, what's going through these guys' minds. It's such a position where – you you have to be operating at at 100% mental uh, capacity, you know, and confidence. And and when these when things are up in the air and you're doing things that you're uncomfortable and you're not used to, it can be tough for those guys in the bullpen. So, I guess this is one of the things we we put a pin in this one and we wait and see how this shakes out here over the next month or so. But I think these things have a tendency to provide opportunities to work themselves out, and we'll look back a month from now and be like, oh, I can't believe we worried about that because I would say. 
you survey the GMs around the league, and they would love to have this problem. Rick Hahn would call it an uptown problem. Marlo Stanfield would call it one of them good problems. Sound like one of them good problems. I think most teams in baseball would like to have these two guys at the back end of their bullpen. It's all a matter of figuring out how to use them at maximum efficiency. So uh, I'm not panicking as of yet. It is August 16th, so I'm not going to panic, although you would like to see them take that series against New York. They weren't outclassed. They weren't outplayed. They just got beat, and that happens in baseball. So uh, take a quick time out here, and quickly, I want to talk about some strategic decisions that Coach Tony made or didn't make in yesterday's game that uh, kind of annoyed me. Uh, that's next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Stat Hero. Did you know 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports actually lose? Is it really that surprising, though? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time. Let's be real, folks. You don't stand a chance. Until now, introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head to head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time, and no one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be, one on one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free, and right now you can get three times back on your first play. Unreal. That's three times back on your first play when you use that promo code locked on. If you're not good at math like me, that's a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Betting on baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Herb. Sunday's game left a couple of moments for me, and I'm not saying that they lost because of the manager, but there was a couple of uh, decisions that were not made in this ball game that left me scratching my head here. As the, the Sox lose five to three, it's a pretty close game. They battled back, and that, that's what I will say about this team, man. They, they've they've got the heart of a champion. They battled back after being really ha- having the, the the wind taken out of their sails there by having uh, having that Luke Voigt home run. Uh, in the top of the ninth there, and they battle back with, with and get those two runs back, but they're still runs on the board all day long. And I, I will say this, you know, there's nothing more frustrating and nothing looks worse when you're watching a game than when you have the crafty lefty out there going against you and, and with Cortez. But I think he pitched a nice game, moving the ball all around, changing the arm slot, and a lot of it just seems like parlor tricks out there, but that's pitching, man. That's that's just knowing how to pitch. So you tip your cap, and there's still opportunities there to score some runs, but when you when you take opportunities away from your ball club, that's where I have a problem. There was two instances in this ball game, and I texted you immediately. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know if you were in flight as it was happening, but I texted you immediately because something really uh, irritated me. Um, the, the 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 challenges that were not uh, called for, not asked for here by Tony mm-hmm. Larusa and his staff. So, you know, you look at the, uh, two plays here, two big plays in this game. That, that I take away from 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 this game and think that maybe they would reconsider this had they had better video or had they had their shit together a little better. I don't know. Uh, but you, you have a situation where second hitter of the game for the Sox after Tim Anderson lines one 
real hard up the middle, and, and Cortez is able to to save his own head and get in front of it and make a nice play. But then immediately after that, um, Cesar Hernandez, uh, you know, he he lays a bunt down, and Odor makes a nice play on it, just barely beats him, bang bang play. Understand early in the game. But I think maybe a case could have been made that he he beat that throw. Now I don't know if what access to video that they have in the Sox clubhouse and the dugout. It's got to be better than what we have on television. You, you'd think um, so, but but seeing that play transpire in real time, I'm like, oh, that's close enough maybe to take a look at it. But I I get not taking a look at it because it's so earlier in the game, and maybe you want to save that challenge for later. So it's not too egregious, but it was one of those hmm. They were already down at that point. I believe it was two nothing. So that, that was a situation where you're like, man, you, you'd like to take a look at that because this game could get away from you awfully quick, and you'd hate to take a rally away from your team. So mm-hmm. file that away because then later in the game, bottom seven, and at this point, it's still a, a three to one game. Jake Lamb, uh, he leads off with a walk, dreaded leadoff walk, and so you think, oh, okay, cool, here we go. So then Zach Collins comes on uh, to pinch hit, and boy, what a what a great at-bat that was by Zach Collins there, uh, <laughs> striking out on four pitches. He was completely overmatched um, in, in that inning there, in that plate appearance. And then Tim Anderson comes up. So you get the runner on first, T.A. grounds into the double play. But to take a look, looks like he could have beaten that play. The, b- the ball goes high, pulls Voight off the bag. He has to leap to grab it. It's a bang-bang play. Even if you didn't have the luxury of seeing that ball, of seeing Voigt's foot off the bag in the air, you would have looked at that play and maybe said, ooh, that's a bang-bang play right there. Like, if anything, he tied it. You know, tie goes to the runner. That may be worth a second look. So you're wondering, you're waiting for when Tony and, and Jerry Naren's going to get it, be on the phone and say, yeah, let's, let's take a look at that one. The review never came. And that's a one-run game at that point. And if 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 you would have overturned, I think it was a two run game at that time. Uh, three so, to one. Um, no, yeah, three to one. Yeah, so yeah, three to one at that point. So excuse the the earlier error. Either either way. So if Tim's on first, you have the tying run at the plate with Cesar Hernandez, who ends up actually uh, walking the next inning once that inning was over, and then maybe he gets on. Then you got a, you got your big boppers coming up here. So. Tim Anderson looked kind of irritated that they didn't take a second look at that one because he knew that at the very least, you know, he, he didn't, if he didn't beat it, he tied it. He didn't have the luxury of seeing the video that we saw where he saw Voight's foot off the bag. He looked irritated, and he was as irritated as I was on my couch that they didn't take a look at that one. And you go after the game, and they asked Tony about it, and here's what he said. The word on the replay, neither one was clear of, of the two plays that I'm talking about here. It was clear enough to challenge. Once they felt it was a tie and the other, they felt the runner was out. I don't know what angle they were looking at that they thought T.A. was out in the in the seventh inning there, but that's just – you can't have that. You have all the technology at your fingertips there. To me, that was egregious, and I'm, I'm not saying it cost them the game because they had plenty of opportunities and they ended up giving up more after that. But in the moment right there, I think that was a big play and that was a, a, a big, big mistake by Tony and his staff. I think so, too. On both of them, I mean, you. I always say a run in the first is just as much as a run in the ninth. So I understand why they don't challenge a play in the first because they want to hold on to that because the like the first six innings, you have to keep your one challenge. And it's dumb that you only get one, but whatever. I think if you have a thing that you know or you might think that it's a bang-bang play and you might think that replay might change it, do it. I don't care what inning it is. 
do it. That run in the first, like I said, counts as much as a run in the ninth. And maybe it changes fortunes. Maybe the pitcher thinks different. Maybe he pitches out of the stretch a little different. He's uh, been waiting around for this replay. He's a little like tighter during that time. You don't know. And then the one in the seventh, you have no, I don't think there's any consequence. It's a use it or lose it type of situation at that time. So might as well. Let's do it. That's, Go ahead. That's why I didn't understand. Like if you're just going to, like you can't take those timeouts with you. You know, the challenge is with you. It's like what they say about the NFL coaches and the timeouts. Like, you know, like I don't understand the thought process there. Of, of especially with that point in the game and in, in, in your lineup there, I don't I don't get that at all, man. It just it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I don't know what they were looking at that they would have seen. Oh yeah, no, yeah, this is not even worth it. Like you're gonna you, you're gonna lose it anyway if you don't use it, you know. So it doesn't cost you anything at that point. I hated 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 that. Yeah, and so it's bad. It's it's an egregious move to not challenge either one of those things. I know people are cool with the first inning one, but. I think you should challenge anything you think can be overturned. I don't know who is doing the consulting. If you say it's Jerry Naren or who the video guy or girl is in the back, they need to get the word out. Challenge it. What I mean, what I don't know what Tony's record is this year. I haven't looked it up. I can look it up in the interim, but I don't think he challenges a lot of calls. And if he does, I don't think he has a lot of success with those things. So, I'm just very perplexed on why he wouldn't want to challenge that stuff. Yeah, and we had the the luxury of seeing it three or four times, but we had a, a lot of looks at it. And the, the fact that they didn't have the same looks or I don't understand how, how that works or there was, you know, there's always things that we don't know that are happening behind the scenes when a technical issue and they don't want to it buries uh, one of the, the video people back there. But, I you know, that's your entire job. And I've certainly seen the Sox play other teams where – their video people are, are much faster than the Sox video people are, and they're quick to get out there and challenge at any point in the game, and not just in a high leverage spot like that at any point. So, that, that's so got- here it is, Tanny. He's yeah. seven and nine on challenges, so he has to be a hundred percent sure, seventy seven percent sure that a call could be overturned. He's challenged nine times; he's been right seven times. Roll the dice a little bit more. What does it have? What does it have to lose? It's top of the eighth. Top of the third, bottom of the seventh, bottom of the fifth. He did one in the top of the first, and that got overturned. Bottom of the eighth, bottom of the sixth, bottom of the fourth, bottom of the seventh. So it just seems very odd that he wouldn't challenge either one of those calls to help his team out, a team that's struggling. The White Sox have been struggling as of late. We need to have some type of, uh, and you said, Timmy's like perplexed, kind of like, what's going on here? You know, challenge that. I got a little speed here. Give me a little credit here, Coach. Coach Tony. Yeah. Also, just you know, a little little momentum here. Like you know, you're trying to build something here. You haven't done anything all day offensively, you know, other than the Vaughn home run. Um, you know, that let's get something going here. Maybe something like that. You know, it messes with the the relievers timing a little bit. Like he's out there waiting. You know, you never know what can happen. I just I just don't understand not doing it when you just have it in your pocket and then you lose it anyway. To me, that's got to improve. Like that's the one thing. Like in terms of not a lot of concerns me about the manager and the coaching staff here going into October, but just not being sharp on stuff like that is, is something that that really it it sticks with me because we all know the game in the postseason can swing on something like that, and you'd hate to be sitting here 
during the off season and wondering like, man, maybe we should have used that challenge right there, or we should have had our our process cleaned up a little bit. It should have been more expedited. Like there's now's the time they can work on those things, but they just haven't really been on the ball with that all year. So that's why I'm not really encouraged with that uh, going forward. Other things that happen happen in this series here, you know, try to stick with with some positives here. We're not feeling great after two straight losses to the Yankees, and you got another good team in Oakland coming to town, but. The positives, you know, I, I got on my positives here. Jose Abreu, man, climbing up that White Sox list, the home run list, just, you know, giving, getting us all off the deck on Saturday night only to have them lose it in the in the 10th mm-hmm. there. You know, just what what a champ that man is, you know, squaring it up. A full house, too. Everyone knows that you need to be the man. You need to come through in that spot, and he comes through. Just can't say enough about Pito. Um, Eloy and his defense really improving out there nicely. You know, I can't believe we're in a situation where we're, we're, you know, the fact that we we haven't noticed him much at all uh, means that that's a good thing out there. And then Vaughn has adjusted real nice to to right field. So a lot of our anxieties about Eloy's defense have not been a thing. He's barely left his feet at all, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's good stuff right there. Uh, Luis Robert with that bomb on Saturday night. Love seeing Lou Bob, you know, get back on track offensively. He looks like he has more of a clue at the plate than he did at times like early in April and uh, towards, you know, the end of last season, not counting the postseason. But he looks like that new that new stance, the new approach that we talked about uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks back or whenever that was when he, when he came back. It looks like that's improving. And then Garrett Crochet, the inning and two-thirds of relief on Saturday night, showcasing that changeup. And him getting fired up coming off the mound there after getting out of the jam there. That's that's good stuff. There's all good things right here. Like that happened during this series. And so it's not all bad here. So let's keep those in mind as you as you, you make your way towards finding out what this team actually is once they have all their parts. And Yasmani Grandal hopefully will be back sooner than later. So you still have that element to it as well. But there are some good things happening here despite them not playing their best ball. It doesn't matter. If they're playing their best ball right now, what matters is when it's go time in October that that they are. So I think all these things, uh, you you can put that in that conversation. Like if they're they're all doing these things, if Eloy's playing competent defense, that that frees you up to play Vaughn in different spots and get and get you know the, his bat in the lineup and, and give guys some days off. So I think that's huge right there. So there are some good things. Um, things I don't like so much, other than Mike Esterbrook's strike zone yesterday, which was horrendous. Remember when we said when the the roster move was coming that was ultimately going to send down uh, Gavin Sheets? We was like, man, one one of us on the show said that it would be nice to have a, a left-handed power threat off the bench late in the game. Remember, remember someone saying that? And then I look, it, it at, wasn't this guy. <laughs> yeah, but then you look at that Zach Collins plate appearance mm. in the seventh, and I know he came through big in the ninth inning on Sunday, but that plate appearance in the seventh. It would have been real nice to have Gavin Sheets up here uh, to get an A-B against a right-handed reliever in a spot like that where you had the tying run on base. I'm just saying. The only thing that in that regard in that one, he was already had taken over for Seve, so he's the only catcher in that spot, so uh, he had to bat. That was the only thing I got to have Zach Collins, and that's when he came up the ninth. I was like, where's Seve? I was like, oh, yeah, he started the game. Son of a bitch. You no. get you got Zach Collins again. My, I hate Zach Collins. My error, Herb. I'm going to dig in, though. I'd rather have Gavin Sheets behind home plate than Zach Collins. Hey, <laughs> I mean, w- w- what would you lose? Yeah, A lefty man. catcher? Let's do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> But other than that, yeah, man, it's, you know, uh, the, when I think about the Yankees, Sox don't match up great against them. They had a better showing this go-around than they did in the, in the New York series, but still. 
you know, this is a team that's playing good ball, the Yankees are, and yeah, so what? Maybe you don't match up well with them. Maybe they may not even make it the postseason. Maybe you face them. Maybe you don't. It, right now, it, it doesn't matter, and it, it may not matter in the long run. They get, get bounced by, they got a couple good teams in their division with them. Tampa Bay is, you know, starting to separate themselves a little bit here as far as the best team in the American League. So, you know, it may not matter in the long run, and that's okay. Sometimes in baseball, you just don't match up well with someone, but I, I don't think it's the gap is, is that large. I think you're, you're facing a team. It's another team coming in hot. I feel like we said this recently about another team the Sox were playing, but it, it's what it is. You know, it, it, it's going to ultimately make you better come October when you when you see yourself against your, your contemporaries, and, and I hope the Sox learn some lessons here in this series. Don't pitch – to the guys that can that can hurt you, don't walk those guys in the lineup ahead of those guys that can hurt you, and and you'll be all right. But I think they they you know I don't want to say they pass because they did drop two of three, but uh, certain guys in certain spots came up pretty big. You, you tighten up around the edges here with the, with the bullpen, and you hopefully have some more consistent at bats, and you find that balance between power production and 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 grinding out at bats and getting on base and and stuff like that. I think that they'll be okay here. But another test here with the A's. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that A-series and what we're doing for tomorrow's show uh, before we get out of here next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. A little health and fitness update here. I am down 24 pounds. I'm so close to hitting that 25-pound mark, and it's all thanks to Built Bar. Well, not all of it, but without Built Bars, how would I ever be able to have delicious, healthy snacks that prevent me from falling off and having stuff like cookies and cake stuff that's bad for you loaded with sugar but with built bar i have a healthy option here i even take them on vacation they're so great and they've got a new flavor out now rocky road it's got marshmallow and almond they're on builtbar.com now but you got to act fast sign up for the email and text alerts like i did so you don't miss these new flavors when they drop and right now if you go to builtbar.com they've got some great flavors up there along with rocky road you've got orange strawberry coconut mint brownie salted caramel raspberry double chocolate cookies and cream and even cherry barcia all great flavors i was able to snatch up german chocolate with my last order i still got a few of those left i'm kind of hoarding them but they're one of my favorites as well and built bars as you know always packed with protein 17 grams of protein in most and only 130 to 180 calories depending on the bar you get but best of all only four and a half grams of sugar how amazing is that it's all the great taste but without the guilt and right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get yourself a free gift. And right now, when you go to Built.com, you can use our promo code LOCKED15, and that's going to get you 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by BetOnline. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. You guys know me. I've talked about this many times before. I love going to bet online and checking out some of the futures bets they have, but not just for sports. The Emmys are coming up in September, just about a month away here, and you can place a bet on who's going to win best comedy series. Right now, Ted Lasso is your favorite in minus 1500. Other shows on here. Man, I really haven't seen a lot of these shows. I've heard a lot of great things about Hacks. I'm going to be checking that out. But you can place a bet on whatever your favorite show is, Cobra Kai. If you got some dark horse picks here like Emily in Paris at plus 3,300, you can place your bet at Bet Online. What about Best Drama Series? 
The Crown, odds-on favorite at minus 1,200. How about The Handmaid's Tale, Bridgerton, Mandalorian, Lovecraft Country, This Is Us. These are all things you could bet on for the 2021 Emmys. And yes, if you're asking, you can still bet on who's going to be the first celebrity abducted by aliens. <laughs> right now, Elon Musk is actually the odds-on favorite at plus 1,400. Donald Trump coming in at plus 1,600. And Joe Rogan also at plus 1,600. So you can place your bet there for who will be first to be abducted by aliens at Bet Online. Great stuff going on there. So before the first pitch or whatever it is you're going to bet on, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code, Locked On at Bet Online. All right, the A's are in town. The homestand continues here for the White Sox. A good, good team in Oakland, 68-50 and 50 on the season heading into tonight. Dallas Keuchel will be on the bump against Frankie Montas, old friend alert, 9-8 with a 3-9-8. And now it's time. We're going to tell you how you can win Herb's tickets. I understand, Herb. You're, you've got your tickets for tonight's game. You can't go because we are going to be taping a podcast, and we'll talk about that in a second here. But we will be live in front of one person at least because where we're going is not open to the public, but it will be, and we'll tell you that more about that in a second. But your seats in Section 531 are going to be available to a Locked On White Sox podcast listener, and now I understand you have a trivia question for them. Yes. I want to know, in White Sox history, the pitcher, pitcher who has the highest ERA in their history, not – not infinity who has actually a number. So he's gotten the person out who has the highest ERA in white Sox history. It'll be cool. If you could just do that by yourself and not look it up. The but highest earn ERA. run re registered earn run average in white Sox team history. So how are we going to do this? this one? Should, this one should be very easy. The first person who sends me a DM to Ekner wall 23 will win those tickets and you better That's be able to That's go on Twitter. Twitter. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. You better be able to go. Do not sell them. Do not give them to your friend, Joe. Give them to yourself and go. 531, I think, in row eight, something like that. I'll just transfer them to you. Um, so highest ERA in White Sox history. Actual this, number. This is a beautiful vantage point for seats. I've sat up there before. I know you'll attest to that. They're very nice seats there. 531 is right behind home plate. In the uh, upper deck there, but I was trying to get out there this weekend, man. Tickets too expensive, so you're talking about the first place Chicago White Sox here. So you know you got nice seats. A team with the same record, I believe. They have a 68 and 50 record, also. Yeah, so good good matchup here, and uh, hopefully you'll get to see a White Sox winner from Herb Lawrence's seats to keep it warm for for Herbie there. So you get on it first person who DMs Ecknerwall23 on Twitter with the correct answer to who has the highest registered earn run average in White Sox history, you and a friend are going to go to the south side on Herb's Dime. So we've got another pair, I think, later on in the week that we're going to give away, and we'll talk about mm -hmm. that uh, for Wednesday's game as well. So we'll, we'll talk about that later on in the week. But tomorrow's show, I'm really excited. It's the 300th episode tomorrow, Herb. Can you believe it? 300 episodes 
can't uh, believe that. Yeah, go ahead. Well, you, you, yeah, I haven't been here for all of them, but basically, you know, I what three hundred and eighty four or something like that. But no, I think you've been or two hundred, two hundred, two hundred eighty four or something like that. Uh, but I mean, we're probably equal on on episodes. I've missed a lot. You've done a lot nah. of solo shows. Well, <laughs> when you look back in this thing, Herb, from starting it from its infancy, three hundred episodes tomorrow. Well, what does that mean to you? Just like. I can't believe like we were at 200 just what beginning of this year, right? Dude. So yeah. like it's just you know, this year has been the the ramp up because of the the good team and the full schedule and all that good stuff, but yeah, 2019 I think it started in October. We're both asked you at the time could not do it and then so I just didn't want to lose it, like the right. whole thing. I thought it was a great opportunity. So I was like whenever you're ready, we can do it. And so I'll just start it up and start talking to myself for 15 to 20 minutes and people listen and there's people out there that have listened from day one to now and i appreciate it and when you came on man 10 times better uh, i don't know about that um but uh, if you say so I won't, I won't i won't i won't argue uh, so we're doing some speak <clears throat> we're doing something special and uh t- tonight we will be going and taping a show uh at Bishi Beer. It's 2515 North Milwaukee Avenue. They're not open, but we're going to tape an episode and we're going to talk to their head brewmaster, Andrew Mason, a friend of mine for a while. He's worked all over the Chicagoland area, some of your favorite spots, Three Floyds, Solemn Oath, Mickey Finn's for a little bit. So he's at Bishi Beer now and he's tapping some new White Sox themed beers that you can have. And so we're going to talk to him about those. We're going to sample the goods here a little bit, talk about his White Sox fandom. You know, we, we love talking to, to brewmasters, man. It's fun times. We talked to Jay Westbrook uh, a while back. So we're going to talk to Andrew at Bishi Beer for tomorrow's episode and uh, and break form a little bit. So I'm going to pack up my equipment, and we're going to hit the road and and uh, and, and have a good time and, uh, and, you know, sample these beers, you know. So mm-hmm. we won't have your traditional breakdown, but that's going to be the 300th episode. We thought it would be something special we could do do uh, to sort of break things up a little bit and and uh, and commemorate the 300 episodes and and toast to to ourselves. So um, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm looking forward to this one. Are we doing this before drinking before or after the uh, episode? During, I think, like because because mm. I'm gonna have to put on my best beer snob, uh, you know, hat and say, mm, oh yeah, I've, mm, mm, floral mm, notes, mm, yeah. uh, orange citrus, <laughs> yeah, back, bergamot flavor in the back of my throat. Yeah, the novice palate would say that it tastes like this, but I'm gonna tell you why it tastes like this. No, so yeah, we're gonna sample during the show. So I'm looking forward to uh, to catching up with uh, Andrew tonight, and we're we're gonna roll that out tomorrow. So unless there's something crazy like a perfect game or a no hitter or something like that, uh, we'll, we're not gonna have a traditional breakdown of the game tonight we're going to go over there and handle that and we're going to post that for our 300th episode we thought about maybe stashing it away and putting it for a rainy day or like literally if like a rain out day or an off day on the schedule but it just so happened you know where our schedules were were very busy and now it's the 300th episode so why not do something special for it so that's what we're going to do and that'll be posted tomorrow again that's uh bishi beer b-i-x-i uh 2515 north milwaukee avenue uh, in Chicago, so I'm looking forward to that. Me too. I have uh, not a huge beer drinker, but I am a huge beer drinker. If you know what I mean, like so, <laughs> I drink a lot of beer, but I don't get out and like, oh, this is a sample of this, sample of that, sample of that. So I'm ready to learn, ready to drink. Hey, Herb, you'll like this. Hey, Herb, you might not like that. Hey, how about trying this? Remember, I think I was telling um Patrick Manley, whose beer now 
uh, Long Sniper IAPA is at Soldier Field for Bears games. Awesome yeah. job back there. I told him, I was like, man, I'm not an IPA guy. I got there. I drank it. I was like, man, <laughs> I'm kind of an IPA guy. This is delicious. This works. This IPA works for me. Usually IPAs don't, but Patrick's uh, Long Snapper works. So I'm going to be going there with an the open mind of the BC beer experience and hopefully not get too drunk because, you know, even little samplers, and if I'm probably not going to be on a full stomach after work, it's going to be a tough thing. Be slurring <laughs> words and such. I mean, more than usual. Yeah, my wife was telling me, she's like, "Oh, you're going. I see you're going to Bishi, and you know, I put it in the family calendar." Uh, she's like, "You're going to love the food there." I was like, "Yeah, they're not technically open, so you know, this is just, I've never been there. My first time there, but we, I may have to go back well, on a night that they're open with the kitchen. But uh, yeah, we'll have to figure out what we're going to do because both you and I are both kind of uh, lightweights in that regard, um, you know. So I'm looking forward to the shenanigans that will transpire. So again, that's tomorrow, 300th episode with Andrew Mason, the brewmaster at Bishi Beer, and we're going to roll out a couple of new White Sox themed beers for you guys to enjoy, and we'll talk about that. So uh, that's all I got today. Things will get better. Hopefully, uh, White Sox can get on the uh, on, in the win column against Oakland. And congratulations to the winner of Herb's tickets. I hope you enjoy yourself tonight. So that's all I got today, Herb. That is Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. Actonwall twenty three for myself three one two five six six eight seven two seven or lockdownsocks at gmail dot com. Oh, real quick, Herb, can I? say thank you to the listeners while we're talking about ourselves and patting ourselves on the back for 300 episodes mm -hmm. did you see the numbers for the field of dreams recap episode have did you check that I out did. no I didn't. Uh, okay so obviously oh, that show did really well and we had the luxury of being able to circulate it and retweet it for basically an extra day because of the weird off day on friday night but immediately skyrocketed it as one of our most listened to episodes in short time. And the weekend's not even over yet. So I just want to thank all the listeners. Like I was sitting there Friday night uh, watching Frank Schwindel and the Cubs and uh, not, you know, watching Ugh. the Sox. And I was just feeling appreciative of our listeners. And, you know, it's, you know, I'm, we didn't do anything. We were just there in the moment talking about the game that everyone was already excited about. But you guys actively searched out the podcast immediately helped share it and a lot of kind words about the podcast and people just wanted to live in that moment and so we still do kind of actually after that bad weekend showing against the Yankees but I just want to thank the listeners for supporting the show just in general not necessarily that show but you know all the shows that we've done recently with the t as the team gets better and deeper in the postseason shows trending upward man so I, I really uh, am enjoying it and I'm enjoying reaching out to you guys man so just a thank you to our listeners ditto from me it was awesome to see i just looked them up oh man you guys are <laughs> really helping the brothers out listening to that show it was uh i same thing i listened to that i you know we do this show so for the most part i don't listen to the podcast because i, I can't i've I can't already listen listened to, to it yeah. <laughs> but i took a flight out to myrtle beach and i was like i'm gonna listen to the whole podcast and, you know of course one and a half speed and it was awesome. It was awesome to listen to it again. I was like, those guys are decent. I'm, <laughs> I'm very entertained by them. And then I realized it's us. And then, you know, you cringe when you hear your voice and the oh, yeah. little mess ups that you make. But thank you for listening and tuning in for all these episodes, not just that one. Yes, exactly. So that's all I got. We're already way over time. They're not going to be happy that we're time here. But a lot of talk Sorry, about Tegna. this weekend. Yeah. Damn. Calm oh, down, oh, no. Tegna. Oh, no. And it slipped again. <laughs> all right. That, that's all we got. That's Chris. I'm Herb. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us on Locked on Socks.